will, as you're grabbing your seat, go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. We will start in uh, verse 46. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. As you're turning there, let me start by saying, Everyone is a builder. Now, that may be a shocking statement, a surprising statement for some of y'all, probably in particular my wife, uh, because she's seen me try to build before, and that has not gone necessarily well. But that's not necessarily the type of builder that I'm talking about today. But all of us are building on our lives. We have a a house, uh, if you want to continue that illustration, that our life is made up of, and uh, we take pieces from the people uh, around us, maybe our family, maybe our friends, you know, our parents, that the influence that they've had on our life, and and we put that into the building of our house, of our life. Or we may take experiences, uh, maybe great experiences, maybe painful experiences, maybe uh, experiences just of the day-to-day that impact who we are as people, the building of our life. It may be the books that we read, the way that they shape the way that we think, the way that they impact us on a day-to-day basis, the way that they have completely changed our worldview. Or maybe it's the movies we watch or the shows we watch or the music that we listen to. But we take bits and pieces of each of those things and we put them into this building that we call life and they make us who we are. And so every single one of us is a builder. But my question to you today, my question that I want us to look at from this text of Scripture, is going from the building to the very first step. And that is, what is your foundation? What is your foundation? What are those people, those places, those experiences, those books, what are are they building on? You see, Jesus concludes the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, he's in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. You get a recap of it here in Luke, and he concludes it with asking that very question. And so if you will, uh, as is custom here, uh, for the reading of God's Word, if you will stand in honor of it. Luke chapter 6, and we'll read verses 46 through 49. This is what it says. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not Shake it, because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Let's pray. Father God, how great it is to be in your house. Lord, to be able to open up your word, to be able to dive into it, And Lord, to be challenged 
by who you are, by you as our foundation. So, Lord, I pray that you take this time, that you work in our hearts. Help us to, to see uh, where we need to be conformed into your likeness. Uh, Lord, help us to, to recognize our just need for you. That our whole lives can be based on who you are and your love for us. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. So Jesus really gives us two options. Very cut and dry, very simple here on what kind of foundation we can build on. The first option is the rock. We can build on the rock. And the second option is that we can build on the ground. Or if you look at the, the passage in Matthew, like I said, it's in Matthew chapter 7. He actually says that you're building it on sand. There's some slight differences there, but the same points are true. And so that's our choice. Our choice is to either build on the rock, which we'll talk about, or we can build on the sand. And so what I want us to do today is look at three steps to building on the right foundation. Three steps to building on the right foundation. Our first step is that we need to recognize the right foundation. We need to realize what the rock is, that Christ is the rock. We see that, past, we see that illustration of who he is throughout Scripture. That's not something that we just hear right here in Luke. It's always good to see it in the context of the whole Bible. And yet that's what we get to see. We see it there in Isaiah 28, 16, where he's called the cornerstone. That's repeated in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 says that he is the foundation. And there is no other foundation that can be laid upon. Psalms 18, uh, 2 and 89, 26 talk about him being our rock and our refuge. You see, Christ as the rock, when, when he's saying that, the, the people that are hearing it, they know that he's referring to himself as God right there. They know that he is laying down, that he is that foundation that they can trust in, that they need to build on. The only foundation. Which means that the other, that any other foundation is building on sand. There is no other foundation that we can build on other than the foundation of Christ. On who he is, on who he's claimed to be as, as Lord and Savior for our lives. You see, we try to, to build on a lot of different foundations. We try to build our house on wealth and popularity, but those are fleeting I came across a quote the other day by a publicist. Um, uh, he was actually the head of a publishing house, really, really wealthy, uh, known for just publishing all kinds of, of crazy things. If you wanted something crazy published, uh, you went to Lyle Stewart to get it published. He passed away in 2006. But this is what he says. He says, money, success, it's all meaningless. I'm dead inside. I feel a thousand years old. I'm bored with so much, even my money. You see, when we're constantly chasing the American dream, when we're constantly looking for the next dollar bill, we're trying to build our foundation on things that are going to be fleeting, things that are going to leave us empty, things that aren't going to last. And so we need to realize that wealth and popularity and fame, all of those things are building on sand. 
and no foundation at all. But we also have to realize that there's another end of the spectrum where we try to live on the foundation of our own self-righteousness and our own religious motions. But those fall short as well. Isaiah 64.6 tells us that our righteousness is like filthy rags. You see, we can't earn it. We can't have the foundation of our own good works because every single one of us are going to fall short. It doesn't matter how many times we've stepped foot in this building. It doesn't matter uh, you know, what we do. Even our best intentions fall short. And we have to realize that the foundation of, of our own goodness, our own good works, it doesn't work. It's going to fall apart. It's going to crumble. God is too holy for that. He's transcendent. Any good that we can do. But I deal with students on a daily basis. And it's a great privilege. But I also have to remind them that the faith of their parents is not credited to their account. You see, we can't trust in other people's righteousness either. None of those foundations work. It can't be the foundation of our spouse and their walk with the Lord. It can't be the foundation of our kids and their walk with the Lord. It can't be the foundation of our parents and their walk with the Lord. That foundation crumbles. We realize that we still have a debt to pay for our own sins that they can't cover. And so we realize that that is a bad foundation. And then finally, philosophy and psychology will not withstand the trials of life. You see, there's a lot of different worldviews out there. As I think about uh, our students who are leaving, many of them going off to college, they're going to be faced with a lot of different um, philosophies that, that this world will try to say that are true. They'll be faced with a lot of different um, psychologies of how things have to be in order to, to, to be right and to be good. But as we look at those, they, they, they don't work. They're not the foundation that we need. As I was thinking about that, I thought about the story of Adoram Judson. Uh, many of you know Adoram Judson uh, from being the missionary to Burma for 40 years, right? Uh, wrote, it into, wrote the Bible into their language, translated it, did some great, incredible work. But did you know that at one point, Judson was an atheist? He was raised as a uh, son of a congregational, congregationalist minister, uh, brilliant, really, really smart, went off to, to school at what is now known as Brown University, uh, so one of the Ivy League schools. And as he went off there, he began to make friends with uh, different people there at the school. And one of them had a huge influence on his life. And he ended up taking the step from, uh, you know, thinking that he had a walk with Christ to, to becoming a deist. And then later even going as far as saying that he was an atheist. And so he was living his life after graduating from Brown, graduated really, really fast. And everything seemed to be going great for him until one day he was traveling and had to stay at a hotel. Hotels were a little bit different then, and he went to the innkeeper, and the innkeeper said, I have one room uh, that's available, but I have to warn you, 
uh, there is a person in the room next door, and he is deathly ill. He is extremely ill. And so I must warn you of that. And so Judson, not being concerned about death because of his worldview, because of his own atheistic faith, said, that is not a problem at all. I'm good to, to go. And so he has that room right there next to the person who is deathly ill. And it was a long night. Because through the wall, he could hear the agony of the person who is ill. He hears them moaning. He hears them pleading. He hears them uh, just asking for mercy even in that moment. The next morning, he gets up and he goes out. And uh, as he's traveling out, he finds out that the person in the next room has actually passed away. But not only that... He finds out that the person that was in that next room was his friend from his time at Brown who led him away from his walk with the Lord. That moment right there completely changed his life to where he realized that that death comes for all of us, that judgment comes for all of us. And yet philosophy and psychology and false worldviews are going to crumble when that day comes. There's no way, there's no hope in any of those worldviews. But there is hope when we build our life on the foundation of the rock. When our whole life is shaped by Jesus being Christ, by Jesus being Lord, and then the building goes up, then our lives are forever changed and we have hope for the future. And it's from there that Judson became that missionary that we know. And spending 40 years in Burma, making God's name great there. You see, these bad foundations will be exposed when the storms come. The house will crumble. The, the building of life may look the same as, as you look at it, but once the storm rails against the house, then you see what kind of foundation truly is there. So the first thing that we have to do is we have to recognize the right foundation. But the second thing that we need to do is we need to dig to get the right foundation. I like what he says right here, the way Jesus puts this. He says, he's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. You see, too often we kind of go with an easy believism. You know, we walk the aisle, we said a prayer, uh, we come to church, but we never actually dig deep into our faith. We never explore it. We never try to, to understand more and more about who God is. And we honestly, we forget the, the, the concept that every single one of us, every person in this room is a theologian. All of us are theologians. The question is whether we're good theologians or not. Because every one of us have a view of who God is. But are we getting the right view? Are we establishing it on who he has revealed himself to be? Digging down deep, doing the work of a Christian. And I'm not talking about like some special hidden knowledge of, of who Christ is. You know, I'm not trying to get you to pick up a book about number prophecies, you know, about adding up things. That's not it. It's not some secret knowledge that we're looking for. It's all been revealed to us right here. We have who God is in his word. 
that we can dive into, we can dig deep into. And so we as Christians, we need to work to know who Jesus is, to make sure that our foundation is based on who he's revealed himself to be. We need to dig deep into that. I heard a story a couple of, uh, a couple of months ago about Bart Ehrman. Bart Ehrman is an uh, atheistic uh, New Testament professor at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Yes, as weird as that sounds, he is an atheist and a New Testament professor. I don't know how that works, but that's what he does. And he's known throughout the world for that. And every time he, he starts a class, he teaches religion there, you know, hundreds of kids come to his class because of his fame, because of, uh, of his knowledge in that area. And, but each semester when he starts his class, he starts it with one thing. He asks a question, and he starts off by asking, uh, how many of y'all, you know, hundreds of students, many of them growing up in the church, said, how many of y'all have ever read uh, Harry Potter? You know, I see some hands raised already in here, you know. And he, he wants them to respond, you know. So a lot of people are raising their hands, responding to that. You know, maybe, uh, maybe it's another popular book. He says, how many of y'all have read Maze, Run- uh, Maze Runner, right? A lot of hands show up for that, you know, or different books, uh, Divergent, whatever. And so he'll ask, and, and he gets this response where a lot of people are raising their hands. But then he asks, how many of y'all have ever read this book? From cover to cover. And there's not near as many hands that go up at that point. He says, no respect to J.K. Rowling, no, or no disrespect to her, no disrespect to these other authors, but if you're claiming that this is the word of God, that this is the way that he's revealed himself to you, do you really believe it if you're not reading it? Because if you're saying that this is the way that God's talking to you, shouldn't you want to know what he said? You see, we as Christians, we, we have lots of Bibles, but so many times they sit on the shelf. And so we want to make sure that we're digging deep into his word, that we work to know who Jesus is. Joshua Harris says this, he says, Being a Christian means being a person who labors to establish his beliefs, his dreams, his choices, his very view of the world on the truth of who Jesus is and what he has accomplished. A Christian who cares about truth, who cares about sound doctrine. Believers, is that you today? Do you care about God's truth? Do you care about sound doctrine? Do you care about knowing who Jesus is? I think there's two ways that we can work uh, to know who Jesus is. One, we work by listening to the teaching of his word. Listening to the teaching of his word, what you're, what you're doing right now. I think that what we can do is find someone you want to be like and sit under his or her feet. Learn. Find somebody that's farther along in the journey than you are and, and just sit under them and talk about the Bible. Be discipled. Get involved in connect groups. Find a way to, to hear the word of God taught over and over and over again. Find good theology. But then we also work by digging into God's word on our own. Having that time alone with God where it's you 
and him, and you're just meeting with him. You're reading his word on a daily basis. God, I know you've revealed yourself. How are you showing me yourself today? What does this text say about you? How can I worship you today? How can I praise you? How can I build my life on your truth? And so we need to dig into God's word on our own. But you see, that's not where Jesus stops, is it? He recognizes the right foundation. He tells us to to work, to listen, to dig down deep into his word. But then he continues, he says, and laid the foundation on the rock. But you look back at 47, it says, everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them. Those are three small words, but they're pretty powerful, aren't they? Who hears my words and does them. You see, my third step to building is build on the foundation by obeying God's word. Build on the foundation by obeying God's word. To put it quite simply, if we call Jesus our Lord, we do what he says. You see, that's the way he started this whole thing, isn't it? He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? You see, we can listen, we can dig, we can do all those things, but if we never actually apply what we hear, then we're completely missing the point. It's kind of like this. Um, I unfortunately had to get my uh, car detailed the other day. Uh, Some of y'all know the incident with that. Uh, Something about a bad situation with 10 gallons of sweet tea inside your car. Um, Another story for another day. But had to get it detailed. And, uh, you know, they were nice enough to kind of just wash the outside. And they were telling me, they're like, look, um, we wash the outside with this special stuff that when it rains, it's just going to beat up and it will, it will go off really, really fast. You know, so you can, you'll see the water there and then it disappears, right? It, it dries really fast. Well, it rained for the first time, I think, maybe two days ago to where it actually hit the car. And it was absolutely incredible because... It rained, and it rained pretty hard on the car, but within like five to ten minutes, my car was completely dry, which is a good thing, right? It's good for your car, but that's not good when it comes to God's Word. You see, a lot of times we hear God's Word, and it may hit us, and we get, oh, we're convicted, right? Oh, man, I need to apply that. I need to, to do something with that, but it's kind of like the rain on the car where five minutes later, it's washed off, and you can't even tell that it hit us. You see, if we're not obeying, if we're not following God's word, if we're not actually applying it to our hearts and to our lives, then we're missing out. We're not building on the foundation at all. He tells us right there that we have to hear his word and do his word. It's both sides of the same coin. That's that's not for our salvation, but that's out of a response for who he is. We're not getting into legalism, but we're trying to live according to his lordship. So is that true for our lives? Do our lives look different because of our time sitting under God's word? Do our lives start to look more and more like Jesus because of us growing in our faith, because of the foundation that we're building on? Or are we just going through the motions of hearing God's word, washing it off, and it having no impact on our life? 
We want to trust the claims that Jesus is who he says he is and live our lives accordingly. So we fulfill the Great Commission and tell people about Jesus. We're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. That's what Jesus tells us right back in Matthew chapter 5 and another part of his Sermon on the Mount. We want to be holy as he is holy. And so we want to get rid of the lust and the hatred and the anger in our lives. We want to take care of the poor and the hurting. And then I also think about Philippians 2 and we want to humble ourselves. Like Christ who humbled himself even to death, death on the cross. You see, we have his word, we have his truth, but are we applying it to our lives? You see, Jesus does not give the option of partial obedience. He doesn't tell us that we can do that. He doesn't tell us that, you know, Jesus plus anything equals nothing is really the truth, right? If we try to add anything to who Jesus is and to his foundation, then we're missing it. And our whole house is impacted by that. I said at the beginning, I'm not a builder, but I've seen the impact of a bad foundation. I've seen how a bad foundation can put cracks throughout the entire house. I've seen how a bad foundation can make one wall sit higher than another wall. I've seen how a bad foundation just impacts every aspect of that building. And that's what it's like for us when we say, Jesus, you're Lord, but I want to hang on to this part of my life. And I want to be Lord of my life in this area right here. And when we're only partially obedient, we're completely disobedient. And we miss out on who God is. So my challenge for you today is to recognize the right foundation and know that that foundation is Jesus Christ. To dig to get to the right foundation. Spend time in his word. Apply it to your heart. And to obey. So the point is this. Build the foundation of your life on Christ the rock and obey all that he commands. So where are you today? Do you have Jesus as your foundation? Have you ever asked Jesus to be your Savior and Lord? Have you ever said that my life is going to be built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness? I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Is that your foundation? Do you have Jesus as your Savior and Lord? If you do... Christian, what do we need to give up for him? Where is our partial obedience? Where are the cracks in our building? Because we haven't built our foundation completely on him. Or maybe we just need to dig deep. Maybe that's where you are today. You want to to spend more time in God's word. Wherever you are, Take the time to respond today.